1692, the Puritan colonies of North America had fallen on dark times. The colonists had suffered through two devastating wars with Native American and French neighbors, which had left much of the main frontier a scorched ruin and produced a refugee crisis. The colonies had their charter revoked and a military governor installed. These circumstances had a visible impact on the towns which inhabited the Massachusetts coast. Towns that had seen growing prosperity and had begun to move away from their austere and devout origins. Numerous religious leaders began to see these unfortunate events as an encroaching darkness which signaled God's displeasure at the colonists' departures from tradition and purity. There was a call for religious and moral reformation. Supporters began to search for any way to prove their devotion and regain the favor of their deity. For hundreds of years, there was one well-known way to thin the ranks of the devil, to identify those who consorted with the Lord of Lies and cast them out. To regain the grace of God, it was necessary to find those who were labeled witches and carry out God's justice. This case file joined the theorists as they take a peek at the devil's little black book in The Salem Witch Trials. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 162, The Salem Witch Trials, a.k.a. Witchy Women. <laughs> witchy women in colonial Massachusetts. I'm Brayden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm extremely fucking happy that the Lions won on Sunday. We're three and three. Woo! Oh, Victory nobody Monday. Nobody cares. Just oh, <laughs> I do. 100% nobody cares. <laughs> Woo! Almost couldn't play D&D because he was screaming so loud at the game. Lost his voice. L lost my voice for about three hours. That's you don't have to bad. say much when you're just rolling ones. It's okay. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Still can't take I thought of down, a really man. good shirt idea that's just like a D20. But inside the D20 is our logo, like in the in the angles of the D20 surrounding the one that's facing front, obviously, that's been rolled. Picture that. Nice. Be a critical I'm fail. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to make it. it to, I'm going to make it come to fruition. Speaking of merch, if you're not on our merch store, site, go to our website. Uh, you can find it on our link to all the socials. Uh, you can get a link to our merch site from there. We got tons of merch and by the time you're listening to this, starting November 1st, we have some unbelievable designs coming out. We've got a little spaced out campaign. All your favorite designs spaced out. So get onto our merch site. Check them out. They're awesome. This go. guy's pretty fucking excited about spaced yeah, he's out. Been We've been hearing about this for like six months. <laughs> Brain works really hard on these things. Yeah, go buy one, all right? <laughs> Prove these guys wrong and their fucking shitty attitudes. Hey, some of them look good. My, my hard work. They all look good. Some, some of them you can't even fucking tell, but that's yes, fine. You can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. We'll see. It's the subtleness. 
Listen, uh, I'm sure they're going to be appreciated. So when you listen to this Friday, Saturday, check them out Sunday, November 1st. They'll be on sale to Christmas and then I'm going to delete them forever out of spite from these guys. So. <laughs> I'm sure going to delete be, them uh, forever because they're not going to sell any. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a big bang. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get into it. It's a Halloween time. If you're listening to this, it's probably it's either the 30th Halloween or just after. So spooky, spooky. No Ouija board this year. Three, I think three was enough. I don't think we can do it again. So no, I think don't think we could ever do it again. We're gonna do it again. Just the cards weren't in the sans me. It's gonna be hard to get Andrew back on a Ouija session. That's fuck what that. I'm you guys betrayed me. Thought we were. I thought we were friends. <laughs> Some betrayal. Did did Ouija three ever even go to the the public or is it Patreon only still? I think it's still on the Patreon. We never still released locked. it. Where it will forever be oh, still listen. locked in the vaults. Yeah, if you if you it's it's a good one. If you haven't listened no, to us play it's not, the Ouija, not worth listening. Time, not funny. Not good. It's, not clever. Uh, nothing. Terrible. Both good and funny. It's my favorite thing nope. we've ever done. Nope. Yeah, because you're mean. Because <laughs> yeah. you're a fucking mean, bad person. That's why. But anyways, it's spooky season, so it's time to take on a spooky topic. What's spookier than a bunch of witches? A bunch of witches located in colonial Massachusetts. We're talking about the Salem Witch Trials. Uh, occurred between 1692 and 1693. This kind of craze or you could probably say hysteria which overtook uh the area of salem at the time was salem village which is now present-day danvers what we know as salem now present-day salem is actually what was known then as the actual salem town itself so now this entire i don't know a phenomenon i i guess you could call it uh if you're if you're from the panic? USA, panic. If you're from Hysteria? the United States, though, Salem witch trials is pretty much uh, like well known. It's something if, if for me for existence. I'm pretty sure in the United States and in the U.S. education system, you have to read The Crucible at some point. The 1953 uh, stage play, Broadway play, uh, The Crucible, uh, which is a dramatized version of the Salem witch trials themselves, featuring a lot of names and characters that were actual based on actual people of the time. Uh, so let me get this straight. You guys are learning about fucking Salem witch trials and we're learning about Louis Rayal and the Couriers <laughs> de Bois. And, and fucking, the fucking the bullshit. And Portagen and how to make yeah. fucking pea soup and bannock. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Not fair. Uh, it's funny. Dan was, Dan was like, oh, you had to learn about this in school, right? I was like, we were learning about the fur trade, motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> there was no witches, witches in Canada. Just people are peeling beavers back to make hats. That's it. That's all that happened from time settlers came to Canada till 1773 or whenever the fuck they stopped doing it. Hudson's Bay Company, pal. It's all there. It's still going. Yeah. Yep. HBC. Get yourself a cool blanket. Bunch of colors. So this was, it was actually, it was interesting for me to learn that this is like a widely taught subject in like i guess in social studies is you guys have the same thing is that what do you just call it history I, whatever you call it in fucking yeah, we middle have school. A, a social studies or um uh in my school when i when i went to you know when i was in high school it was uh usually the english 
English department lined up with the history department uh, talking about uh, pre-revolution United States where it was they would talk about the Salem witch trials and the Puritan uh, colonization of the you know, of the northeast of Amer- uh, the United States. And then you'd have the um, crucible would go in there. It would line right up. So you talk about the uh, that kind of thing. So, well, cool. I'm really yeah. glad we're doing this case file because as far as I was concerned, the only witches were the hex girls and the Sanderson sisters. So. <laughs> I'm glad I got to fucking expand my witch knowledge a bit. <laughs> Your witch knowledge. <laughs> so uh, the Salem witch trials themselves fall on the end of, you know, they started in 1792, right? And uh, at this time uh, in the Northeast United... Right. 1690. What did I say? 1792. 1692. 1692. 16. Yeah. 1600. I've been drinking. That's fair. This is going to be a fun ride. It says the Uh, greatest beer in all of the world. So now the Salem witch trials, if you think about it, uh, everybody, I think most people, when you think of witch trials, you or witch hunts, you think of this, if you think of the Salem witch trials, Salem witch hunts, but actually these were not the first kind of witch hunts of their kind. They're not even the most, Seriously, not the, uh, uh, probably not the most deadly, I guess you could call it. Um, you know, Europe had its heyday of witch hunts between 1400 and 1775, maybe. Um, these were kind of like the times that you had your great witch hunts. Probably some of the, the biggest ones were in uh, Germany, what is now present day Germany and Hungary at the time. Uh, those ones you had probably at least 2000 people being executed uh, on the, you know, on the account of being accused of witchcraft or convicted of Not witchcraft. The Germans. They, they were burning witches and killing witches for hundreds of years. It's crazy. Yeah, You're saying they were, they were burning witches and digging ditches? For sure. Slamming in the back. My Dracula. Dracula. Of what is his story, Hungary? <laughs> yeah, hundreds of years of witch hunts throughout Europe. It's fucking crazy that they would blame like pretty much anything bad. You just blame a witch and then you you could just say like she's a witch and then there wasn't really much of a trial. It it was literally the easiest time in history to be a doctor. 100%. Honest <laughs> to God. so jealous. Because if you if someone came in and you didn't have the slightest idea of what was going on, you would go. Gotta be witchcraft. Has to be. Has it only makes no sense. Explanation. No. I bet you they like put effort into too, like maybe like had some old Tommy stethoscope, you know, how to listen to the lungs, maybe took a blood pressure with whatever they took a blood pressure, sat there and pondered for a second. You're like, yeah, definitely has to be some witchcraft. Yeah. Burn her. Burn the person that's come in. Yeah. Burn her. Kill her. <laughs> Get rid of her. Witch. And, uh, well, People around that time, uh, science was advancing at probably a rem- uh, what could probably be seen as a remarkable rate at that time. You know, science and skepticism were kind of taking their taking their root in some of the American colonies and in Europe themselves. Um, when the Salem witch trials, you know, began, uh, Europe was kind of already their witch trials had already kind of winded down i think the uh even in the american colonies you didn't really have people accused of witchcraft before the i think the the last one before the salem witch trials themselves was probably like there was a trial for a witch it was probably like 30 years before the the salem witch trials themselves of course it's north yeah. america's slow to catch up it's just like rock and roll <laughs> they were doing such cool shit in europe 
and then took us forever to catch on. Thank God for Led Zeppelin. <laughs> so you had in the Salem Witch Trials really pick up speed probably around January 1692, very beginning. You have uh, Reverend Paris, who is the reverend to Salem Village at the time, and his daughter Elizabeth, who is age nine, and her niece, Abigail Williams, started having uh, what people kind of uh, described as fits. They screamed, they were throwing things, uh, people said they uttered peculiar sounds contorted themselves or their faces into strange positions and uh, you know uh, like we've <laughs> like we've already uh, you know asserted local doctors back then it's like the only reason the only thing that could cause this is supernatural causes nine-year-old girls throwing fits witches witchcraft. witchcraft i mean did they try to did they try to fucking leech them first no leeching, I, leeching. I, know, I think leeching had fallen out of fashion at that point <laughs> Mm, all right. Um, another girl to join the ranks of these of the two daughters or, or the two you know, young girls was also uh, Anne Putnam, age 11, who's they said experienced similar episodes. Now, you had the actual trials you had uh, after you had the girls throwing their fits. They, they started leveling accusations at uh, other locals of Salem Village at the time. And you didn't really have the trials begin until February 29th. I really love how they got. So I don't want to skip over anything, but it turns out that one of the people that are accused in this situation right off the bat was one of their, uh, uh, was it Reverend Parrish? Uh, his slave, uh, Chichuba was her name, and she devised a scheme to actually help them find out who this witch was. And you know how she decided, you know, how, how the number one witch hunting tool that she had and they came up with? Well, if, from my experience, you with anything in life, you fight fire with fire. Yeah, I guess. You fight yeah. fire with cake. Uh, to be yeah. more, more, more specific, uh, piss cake, piss cake, 100% yeah. piss cake. They baked a piss cake. You bake a piss cake. They baked a piss and cake then you, and then you feed it to a dog. You bake a piss cake. You feed it to a dog. Obviously they didn't have any SPCA back then. Cause they would have been all up these guys' asses. Cause you can't be feeding dogs piss cake. That's not okay. And if the, and the, the thought was, so she got pee from the daughter who was experiencing these symptoms the afflicted uh, the afflicted baked the old piss cake fed it to the dog and then if the dog experienced the same symptoms there you have it that's it case closed case closed and i'm i'm free to go i guess <laughs> i don't know like, <laughs> You know, safe to say it didn't really work. <laughs> no. Oh, that's good. If the um, piss cake so, makes you shit, you must acquit. I, yeah, I also think it's an important dis it's an important to uh, make the distinction that this kind of I guess you could you could call it white magic was considered non-offensive like th there were certain types of it, witchcraft back in the the 1600s you know 1500s it, there was a very well-defined like uh, what what was considered witchcraft and what wasn't so like the, the kind of witch cake thing was kind of towing the line that was but that was considered white magic yeah. fortune telling 
divination, these kind of things were all sort of considered. It, it wasn't exactly, it was kind of skirting the line. You were consorting with the devil, these powers, these abilities that you could perhaps like the, the information that you could glean from these were considered, you know, dark arts, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't complete. Uh, you know, you, you weren't, you know, you weren't in thrall. Something that's really important in this era right now, especially in Salem was it, it was a Puritan culture, right? Like these guys were Bible thumping fucking Puritans. Yeah. This magic, that type of white magic was uh, God approved. The other, the dark magic, the witchcraft, not God approved. <sighs> well, I mean, no, it, was, it wasn't, it wasn't God exactly approved. approved. It was just kind of like, God, ex- like, God turns a blind eye to that white magic. You don't get right. burned for well, the, those ones. There was like, not for now, long. The, the Puritans, like they lived strict, strict devout followers of like the Bible, right? And North America, from what I read to the, in their opinion, was basically the devil's territory. Yet they still chose to live there for some. Well, they reason. moved. They moved from Europe, right? They moved from Europe because they felt like they were incorporating. They felt that the church was incorporating too much of uh, Catholic practices. Yeah, they they were very much of the attitude that uh, the the Church of England was becoming essentially too tolerant. So they all kind of moved out and, you know, so they're like staunch conservatives as staunch as it comes. Yeah. We're talking cutting holes and sheets here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But they were also, I mean, you probably wouldn't have a lot of the, they wouldn't have had a lot of the success in in their colonization of Northeastern United States. If it weren't for the kind of discipline, a a lot of uh, historians attribute uh, their, the way making their colonies successful to their actual kind of Puritan work ethic and, and the way that they lived, the, their kind of uh, the lifestyle that was dictated by their by their religion. Uh, back then, uh, it was very important within the Puritan religion to uh, w- one of their tenets was like to be able to uh, read the Bible for yourself. And be able to interpret it and be able to kind of argue your points based on the Bible, you know, to, to make your faith your own was kind of one of the things that, that they really tried to hammer home in their culture. Uh, so that actually contributed to them having a 90 percent literacy rate within that area of the United States. So Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Maine, those everybody could pretty much read because it was almost your it was you know it was within your best interest or it's like that's the only way you're getting into heaven is that you are being able to read <laughs> brayden's it's... out what oh, fuck. <laughs> you're done like, what? Like, what? no uh, that's, that's right. a big deal i'm out it's gonna too. be more fun at the other place yeah i'm out i'll join you down uh there. the uh, the like it's a bad day for witches in the puritan society because following the word of the bible that law basically the bible says like fucking kill burn the witches kill the witches smite them don't let them live um it says right in there so the second that you know they start to think or someone's like god damn this looks like witchcraft to me basically everyone there is like well there's only one solution kill them <laughs> no in between well 
Not necessarily. So you have you had the three girls. Uh, they were brought in February 29th and they leveled their accusations at not only Tichupa, but also Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne were uh, the three that were the, the beginning of the Salem witch trials that kind of began the whole thing. So uh, important to point out, too, that so Chichuba was uh, was uh, Reverend Parrish's slave. Uh, Sarah Good was a pregnant beggar who used to go knocking who, on doors. By all accounts, was a fucking bitch. <laughs> and then Sarah Osgood, um, she actually... Osborne. Osborne, sorry. Osborne, her husband died early and he left the property to her and promised that she would leave the property to her children or to their children. She ends up meeting an Irish immigrant and, you know, a gentleman takes, suitor. Yeah. And takes the kids to court and tries to keep the property. So these are, you know what I mean? She's already not really painted in a good light. So these are three, what, what are you going to say? Like just eat, I'm going to say easy time. Outcasts. Outcasts. People who would be easy to segregate, right? And and as uh, as Braden said, and Braden mentioned, Sarah Good was often kind of uh, identified, or or people kind of called her a bit, a bit. She could be, uh, you know, confrontational, uh, temperamental, but she also had good reason for for being that. Or you could what you what you what you could say would be good reason. Like Sarah Good before. You know, a lot of people think of her as like a homeless beggar or some articles would describe her as that. But actually, before uh, before she became homeless, like when she was uh, growing up, she grew up in a very well to do household. Uh, unfortunately for her, her father committed suicide and which left a kind of pretty much uh, dark mark on her on her dark mark. you know, household. And then she wasn't able really to get married. She ended up having, you know, they lost their uh, you know, they're well standing that the, the standing that they did have. And then she had to marry a uh, impoverished and, you know, a pretty much recently released indentured servant at the time. He ended up dying as well and then left her in debt. And then her uh, third husband uh, that, she, you know, to, she took his last name good. And then he had to actually sell his farm in order to pay off her debts. So, Damn he had to essentially work for her and their two children. Um, they didn't really, yeah, they didn't really have a home. They were homeless and, and there were times where they had to stay in barns uh, or mangers or whatever to, to kind of make ends meet. And she was often that, that that's kind of one of the things that historians kind of put on her is that she seemed to often kind of only, she would curse people as you would that, that weren't eager to help her. Like she would ask Curse for help you! or something. Shake a fist. <laughs> uh, I think there there's, there's definitely a, uh, a report of her. She asked Paris for uh, Reverend Paris for something. Uh, they had an argument and then she left kind of muttering something under her breath. I think she was very prone to muttering and uh, he took that as later. She took he took that later to being some sort of that he had she had muttered some type of curse at him. So you had these three women who uh, probably during that time would be, yes, considered social outcasts at some point. Uh, they were interrogated for several days, starting in March 1st. Uh, so then uh, Osborne claimed that she was innocent and so did good. But uh, under. What you would probably say now, you under duress, Tichuba 
confessed, actually confessed to participating uh, in some dark rituals with the devil. And she also said that there, uh, there was other people trying to bring down the Puritans, like other witches. She did, in fact, admit to dancing with the devil in the pale moonlight. She did. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> Jack Nicholson was there. Mm-hmm. Now, they had a hearing. Like, she she confessed, like, in, like, a public hearing. It wasn't a trial, but it was a public hearing. Um, and the interesting thing is that the girls, the three girls were present, and they would ask, what's, I, I, fuck, what's her name again? Tituba? Tituba. 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 They would ask her, like, what did uh, the devil come to you? And she'd be like, a man dressed in black with dark hair. And they'd be like, was there anything? Did he come to you anyway? And she'd say, sometimes as a, a crow or an eagle. A black or dog. Or a raven. And then a giant black dog. And the girls in court would start, like, chanting, like, a giant black dog, a bird, this and that. And they would start acting up, like, all three of them. I found that peculiar. And I found that we can get into theories later. But I found that very interesting that in court, these girls were basically uncontrollable. These two 11-year-olds and a nine-year-old uh, would start, like, chanting in unison. They're summoning at familiars. The, at, at, the, at the hearing, uh, when Tichuba is confessing, and describing uh, how she interacted with the devil. So now you had uh, her confession was enough. Like uh, there are historians that theorize that if she wouldn't have confessed that perhaps this wouldn't have really amounted to all that much, but Tichuba actually confessing and then leveling out even more accusations uh, among the community of Salem village led to what, you know, it was kind of the, the match to spark the, the entire thing here. Here's the thing though. I was confused on this point because a couple of things, like a couple of things I was reading said she leveled accusations, but then some of the stuff I read that just said, she just had said that she had seen other names in the devil's book. And that's what she had said, which then sparked the fear of like, well then who were the other names? So I wasn't, I wasn't sure if she pointed fingers or she was just like, there was others helping the devil. Right. So that, that's what I meant. So it was like she she said that she had seen other names in the books. I don't think she specifically named everybody. But once that she said that there were other names in that book, anybody could be accused of witchcraft and, at this point. And from my understanding of how that worked is once you the devil comes and meets you, Zell, this right, take some notes. Um, note. Once the devil comes and meets you. Uh, and you put your name in his book, you basically give him authority to take your likeness and then torment people in your shape. Ah, that's how it works. Isn't part of that as well, you get a a sweet extra teat? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 technically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. devil's Um, teat. The that is one of the um, that is one of the uh, sources or what you would say of evidence that a lot of the investigators search for was what they called the devil's teat. So they were. I got one. For st- <laughs> I got one. You guys want to see it? Is it a dangler in, in your armpit? Oh, it's it's back there. It's on my back. It's a little devil's teat. Yeah, they, they <laughs> didn't they they like said anyone with like a skin. They're looking for skin tags or like weird moles, and they would call that the devil's teat. 
essentially yeah anything that was any type of strange skin marking uh i heard also yeah, that it could be it could essentially be like a bite from a tick or something like anything that they could find that was strange on there it's one of two things melanoma or the devil's teeth there's no other <laughs> really there's enjoying how many times we've said teat in the last like two minutes it's yeah. my favorite <laughs> But even birthmarks, they would be like, if you had an unsightly birthmark, they're like, devil's teeth. That's a that's a teeth of a devil. <laughs> it's for your familiars to suck upon. I mean, if we want to talk about you know exciting teats, uh, <laughs> one of the other accused that that stood forth was uh, Bridget Bishop, and uh, she was actually examined for uh, devil's marks. You know, teats sucked by a Satan or the the witch is familiar and then after a what they so, called so, a diligent search they found her witch's teeth reported to be right there on the taint on the taint <laughs> she had a teat on the taint yep she had a devil's teat on her taint devil's yeah. the old taint taint teat ah uh, okay it's a good spot mm -hmm. um, you don't look there very often no. uh, but then, and then when they re-examined her miraculously it disappeared miraculous <laughs> <laughs> interesting <laughs> okay so yeah you can say that so you know check check your uh check your taints for teats if you're looking for witches yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so basically i don't know if we talked about how devil's teats work but essentially like small rodents or other uh agents of the devil familiars uh, could be any type come. of familiars birds toads yeah dogs. will come do they are they sucking blood? Is that what they are? To it's the devil's milk or just yeah, life force? It's devil's milk. Some yeah. Some sweet sweet devil's milk From off your body after you've signed uh, your soul away to to for a, a pair of Air Jordans and a hand job. Well, that that's how you feed your familiars. You cast yeah. you're casting familiar like, find familiar. You get you get near wolves, rodents, birds, anything. That's how they sustain themselves. Great spell. Find familiar. Everything we know about witches, we learned from D&D. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about Bridget Bishop and Bridget Bishop was actually the first one to become hanged during these proceedings uh, and what became known as Gallows Hill on June 10th. She, till the end declared you know or professed her innocence like she 100 she was like these girls are lying i am i'm innocent there's you shouldn't believe them i've never consorted with the devil there's all of this is i i shouldn't even be accused of this like she had actually been accused of witchcraft before which is which didn't really help her case in the first place, but she had been accused of witchcraft back in 1679, but then she'd been acquitted for lack of evidence. They didn't find um, a, a teat on her taint. You're telling me that there wasn't any uh, spectral evidence, Dan? Any exactly? Oh. And I was going to say that we should probably talk about the types of evidence that you would <laughs> want to admit in a court. Of witchcraft um there was a very specific type of evidence that is brought up many times in the, the salem witch trials only which evidence known as <laughs> ever not the only evidence but it was <laughs> it was a large it's probably a disp disproportionate amount of the evidence is what is known as spectral evidence seems legit which is essentially 
any type of evidence that is brought forth that is the result of uh, uh, dreams or visions <laughs> or types of you know supernatural occurrences that that happen to people oh man so i mean you could you could pretty much say that oh she she attacked me in my dreams at night uh you know and that that could that would have as much weight as uh somebody being uh you know witnessing that actual event your witchcraft Right. So you had, I quickly had to search spectral evidence because that'd be the greatest name of a podcast. It's already a podcast. Oh, of course. FYI. Go check out spectral evidence. It's probably awesome. We sent sent you. We sent you. So let me get this straight. Back in 1692, guy comes home from work. You know, he's having a bad day. He's annoyed. He comes home. His wife says, you know, when are you going to take out the garbage? I got this list of shit for you to do. Guy doesn't want to do it. Weighs his options. Calls the doctor. I think she's a witch. It's the only thing that makes sense. I saw her in my dream. She tried to choke me. She's sitting on my chest. We got to figure this shit out, man. I think back in those days, you just hit your wife. (laughs) 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 I don't think like women weren't treated very well in 1600s. I think that's a historical fact. (laughs) So I don't think it was even the Puritans. I don't think it was. Even the Puritans, uh, they, women were not exactly like children. Uh, first children were not like children were not like, oh, this is my child. I love them. It was like this motherfucker is paying the bills. Buddy, this is get out to the field and this do some kid work. ruined my life. Listen, he's you're a sinner, you little motherfucker. And you better get to work to repent. Buddy, these, you know, <laughs> they you didn't give a shit. They're not children. <laughs> they're fucking yard equipment. You know what I mean? Like you had your new kid. You're like, this is my new Dude, plow. Fuck yeah. So it's like. Like it was, I think it was easier to level accusations against your neighbor to be like, listen, whatever. Hey, George next door. Did you see his lawn? The motherfucker doesn't mow it ever. Which I had a bad dream. George is in it. He's a witch. Burn him. Drown you know him. what yeah. the best part about Stone this whole him. thing is that I learned that they didn't actually burn anyone. No, nobody got burned no. at the stake. There was no burning. There was no, not one not witch. Burnt and this whole thing. No, just the only way to kill witches back then was hanging until dead or piling with rocks. (laughs) Well, or yeah, crushing you with weight. Mm. So if we if we want to talk about that one, is it Giles? Yeah, guy's a badass. We talk about Giles Corey. Guy's a badass. Uh, Giles Corey uh, was accused of witchcraft. Uh, He was indicted. Uh, along with his wife Martha, and he pleaded not guilty. And so, back then, uh, around this time, you couldn't really proceed with the trial unless you kind of had, like, you couldn't you couldn't try him with a jury unless he kind of said something like he would uh, admit to be tried by a jury. You needed spectral um, evidence. Well, not exactly. It's that's like uh, the word. They kind they kind of ask him like a customary question, and it's like, "Would you be willing to be tried by God and my country?" And you know that being a jury, and without answering that, he didn't answer it. He just decided to go mute at that point. He just like, "I'm not going to answer that." That then technically back then under their law, the trial couldn't proceed. So. What they did was traditionally under these circumstances is what they would use the uh, English practice of what is called p- p- 
piene forte et dure, which means strong and hard punishment, which is essentially laying a person down, putting a plank on top of them, and then placing heavy rocks on top of that plank. Yeah, what's the one dude? What? What's the one dude's name that killed with that? That the guy That's we're Giles talking about, Giles. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Greatest. So he, this guy, his last words, more, more weight. weight, dude. He kept saying it. They oh. kept asking him. They're like, "Will you fucking confess? Will you, will you confess?" And he's like, "More weight, more weight." Because you know, That's there's a reason badass. behind that though. Because I guess if he were to be tried as a witch, he would have lost all his property. They would have took all his belongings and his property, so he held on, and that way his property and shit was passed on to his kids. Oh. Like, what a badass. So he sacrificed himself by being crushed to death. Slowly. So slowly crushed to death. Like, over days. Guy's a badass. Guy's a fucking badass. Yeah. So, uh, like Andrew mentioned, yes, it was... Uh, it's somewhat of a misconception that if uh, the trials, like if you're accused of witchcraft, um, you would lose your property uh, upon the conviction. And this was true under English common law that a convicted felon would be would be forfeit in their personal estate, uh, but it would go to the king. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily go to anybody else. But, you know, so, it, yeah, if you were convicted of a crime or something like that, it would go uh this kind of comes into play later where some historians believe, you know, people would say that, oh, that the, some of these people were accused of witchcraft because people specifically wanted their land. Like uh, back then, uh, uh, specifically during this period, uh, probably from like 1670 to like 1690, like, well, right after the the Salem witch trials, um, you Salem itself or what they called like the dominion of new England, like that area, it was the fucking wild, wild West. Like they had almost no laws like uh, Salem itself, the town and its city had been, they had their charter, which had been written when they had colonized the place that had actually been revoked. They're in the process of instituting a new charter uh, from England uh, that was supposed to kind of come down after they got assigned a new governor. That didn't happen. So that at the time that these trials were happening, uh, they really didn't have any type of documentation. They didn't have any type of kind of protocols of, of which to follow. They just kind of had they had precedents like they had, uh, you know, stuff they could go off of from uh, historic trials from England or a couple that had happened before. But at this point, a lot of the minutia and, and the who is responsible for what like didn't a lot of that, the, the procedures that happened, a lot of it was kind of stuff that you would consider like this, this shouldn't yeah. happen. This shouldn't have happened under uh, the, the, the original charter or a new law. Like you would not have a lot of the people who were people who were judges, people who were on the jury were actually related to some of the people who were accusers and some of the people who were actual, uh, the accused, like you wouldn't have had that under, there was a lot of strange I don't want to call it strange, but un- unorthodox things that were going on. During I'll the go trials. and said like, you know, when we get into our theories of, of what, what the possibilities are, like I'll, I'll talk at great length about the high sheriff, George Carwin, because he, he was the one signing the warrants. Right. And, you know, executing some of these people. And he was going in like after arresting these people and they would be held in the jail that 
was they'd be held for days, days and days and days and months. The jail that was built there was never meant to hold these like people for this kind of amount of time. And this motherfucker, if you wanted a better bed, if you wanted better food, you had to pay for your stay in jail. Yeah, you were you were obligated to pay what amounted to rent like you had yes. to pay jail fees. <laughs> yes. And then on top of this, George Carwin, it, George Corwin, sorry, illegally, even at the times, during the times, after you would be accused of being a witch, this high sheriff would go into your home and see some of your stuff for himself. And he was working directly with the magistrate who was also running your trial of being accused for witchcraft. Like to me, to me, like it, it's, it's a, whatever was happening in Salem, there was something evil taking place because when you look at the actions of the people in charge of these trials, I'm like, they were profiting from people being accused by steal, essentially stealing all your stuff. The second you were accused. So these Puritans were, uh, not so pure. Little, little, little greed taking hold. Okay, well, let's uh, let's take a quick beer break, and we'll come back, and we'll finish off with the rest of the story and our theories. We'll be right back. We're back. So now you have these actually accusations flying around about people who's a witch, she's a witch, she's a witch, he's a witch, all this kind of stuff going all down. So they, uh, wait, do they and, call? I thought like is a, a male a witch too? They don't call it a warlock or. In this case, I don't, everyone's I, list of witch. I don't think Warlock actually kind of came into it. It was kind of like, well, you're not necessarily, I don't think they called him a witch. They were more like the men who were considered he's, he's a wizard. by the devil. <laughs> wizard magic, that'd be fucking well, dope. Well, I, they, did use, they did use the term sorcerer. Like, oh. I think they used the term sorcerer as opposed to Warlock. I'm telling you right now. Like, I don't think Warlock kind of came. Nobody, no fucking Warlocks got their letters to go to Hogwarts. All right? It's fucking witches and wizards, <laughs> pal. That's it. All right. Fair. <laughs> So, um, and into the middle of this, you introduce William Phipps, who became the new governor, governor. Uh, like the, the Salem area. So William Phipps at the time, uh, he, he plays an important role in all of this. William Phipps was, a, was pretty much a rock star at that time. Uh, oh, he yeah. had made his fortune actually raising a Spanish galleon. Uh, and he made a shitload of money. The dude was like the, I don't know. He's probably like the Richard Branson of colonial Massachusetts, essentially. <laughs> um, and so he made all this money and then he used this kind of money to kind of further his entire kind of political career. He joined the influential, uh, like, is it the North church, uh, of the area that was kind of headed up by, uh, by, or included, uh, what's his name? Uh, Cotton Mathers. No, oh, Cotton the minister. One of them. Cotton. Yeah, Cotton Mathers. It's a bold strategy. Father Increase Mathers. Is his name Increase? <laughs> Period. I I looked this up there. I thought it was really it's a fun little fact. But it's like you have these a lot of the when you go into like the the Puritan names that are all insanely crazy. Like you have people called Increase Mathers. Like you had people called. <laughs> I came across other names like uh, if Jesus didn't sacrifice for your sins, thou be damned. Like that was an entire first name. That was somebody's first name. There was also what? a name Dorcas. 
Dorcas <laughs> as well. That's an awesome name. <laughs> uh, you know, Cotton. These these really um, unorthodox names that you had uh, Puritans giving their their you know their progeny is nuts. And I looked it up, and I was like, it's actually a thing that they had that the, it was a belief that they held that the the traditional names from you know from English history and things like that they felt were too earthly. So they started giving their children like more kind of they named them after perhaps like you know more like emotions or they'd even give them like uh, things like sins like a humiliation or they'd uh but we do at you know which sounds and crazy like why would you name your kid humiliation you know smith or humiliation <laughs> johnson or something like that but um actually a lot of the you know the names that we that do survive you have a lot of actually good names that like faith Constance, Mercy, uh, Verity, uh, Mercy. These names that are actually Puritan names that were brought over Dorcas. here and have survived. Dorcas. Of course. You know, which I'll name my firstborn at some point, I guess. <laughs> it's a cool name. Sounds about right. So you had William Phipps. <laughs> so you had William Phipps, rock star that's, of. That's what I'm going to start calling you from now on, dork work. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm fine. And I'm fine with that. It's a good Puritan name. Great strong. Name. Strong Pearson name. All right. Uh, William Phipps comes back into this. He becomes the new governor of the area. Uh, he convenes what he is what is known as the Court of Orier and Terminaire, or Orier and Terminaire, uh, which means to hear and determine in old northern French, which was still used uh, in court terminology of the day. And he uh, that's actually where we get the phrase oh, hear ye, hear ye. Uh, which is, you know, in the United States, we use it to begin court proceedings. Like it would just, originally was like, oh, yay, oh, yay. But now it's here. You hear you. He comes to this. He begins this kind of uh, I guess you could call it like an intermediate court. Uh, right then he had kind of he had brought back a type of charter to kind of, inst- you know, regain or reinstitute a law and order, which the, the colony was kind of being lacking at this point. And. So you had this court trying these witches. And after the fact that Tichuba had actually confessed that there were witches, it's almost like the like witches were coming out of the woodwork. You had people just coming out everywhere, accusing brother, you know, brother against brother, sister against sister, you know, which I, I find people. It's like, oh, relatives were accusing relatives of being witchcraft. But back then, everybody surprisingly in my research was related somebody was the cousin of somebody somebody was the sister of somebody like back then it's like everybody was related well, to small, everybody like small villages and like like what because like what did salem have maybe a couple thousand like the town of salem maybe a couple thousand and the farms around maybe a few hundred yeah everybody was somebody's cousin or somebody's nephew somebody's niece like it was they were all they were all related of, because i mean it was a colony very bunch small of cousin fuckers is what you're saying <laughs> maybe <laughs> <laughs> probably he's like i don't want to commit I'm, to that <laughs> i guess it's easy to accuse uh, everybody I, of being witches in the the family tree of you know puritan family trees but i'm sure there's some uh there's some, uh, some shenanigans some stuff going happening on. back yeah. then. Well, it's probably there's, there's some mixed up stuff. Easy going to on accuse there. everybody of being witches when they look like the people from the hills have eyes. Lot of <laughs> <laughs> 
So the court of Oyer and Terminator started its first session on June 2nd, and they heard the case of Bridget Bishop, which we talked about. It was the uh, eventually, uh, she was not the first witch accused, but they felt like her case was the first one that presented the strongest evidence for conviction. And so she was charged, and like we said, she had been charged before, so it was kind of natural for her to be charged Again, well, it's like if you were charged for witchcraft back then, we might as well just kind of. So there's no say again, there's no double witch. witch. There's no double jeopardy for witches. No, there's no double. There's no double jeopardy for witches. Bullshit. <laughs> uh, they said that the most damning evidence that came against her was uh, she had hired uh, John Bly and his son William Bly uh, to carry out some repairs on her home and. When they said that when they took down a section of the cellar wall, they had found holes between stones, which they removed several poppets. And so poppets are kind of, yeah, a poppet. So if you've watched Pirates of the Caribbean, they refer to people as they refer to uh, Elizabeth. Hello, poppet. Hello, poppet. Hello, poppet. Uh, a poppet is a type of small doll, which can be made of either birch bark or probably rags or things like that. So it's like a small doll. Uh, they also say they can be made of, but these ones were made of hogs bristles and uh, they had headless pins in them, which point outward. So essentially uh, what you're looking at would be what you refer to now as a voodoo doll. See, I would have been more excited if you would have been like the contractors came and they realized the side of her house was made out of gingerbread. So they fucking knew right away. <laughs> this bitch is after Hansel and Gretel. It's not good. <laughs> She's yeah. a witch. Oh, the Puritan <laughs> witches were a little bit more clever to make their houses out of gingerbread. It's like, oh, they suspect me right How away. You kill all the little fat Bradens. That's how you get them. <laughs> hey, we know you're sexy, skinny Braden now, but old Braden, he would have fell for a gingerbread it's house. Actually, uh, this is, I actually didn't lose any weight. This is all a filter on the camera. That's fair. <laughs> it's, yeah, he's figured out a lot with his new computer and his ha- yeah. <laughs> the drop 15 pounds filter. So yeah. the Blys were actually asked to produce the poppets, but they couldn't. They didn't have them. They don't have them. So, yeah. <laughs> like, but two of them had saw it. They they both claimed to have seen these puppets. So that was good enough. Back then, I think it, uh, under English law, it was pretty much the only way you could convict a witch was through either uh, confession or witness by at least two or more people. So you had two people. Yeah. What about the spectral evidence, though? Good like, you, if you saw it in your dreams, are other people seeing the yeah, same? Yeah, but dreams? that's one person, so that's one witness. Like, that's a witness. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's only one right. person. So you had to have at least two people having the same spectral. So if you had another evidence. person come to court and is like, "I also dreamed the dream that she w- haunted me," fucking done. Which dead. <laughs> Right. And then they also, they had the, again, Bridget Bishop was uh, accused of having the, you know, the witch's teeth uh, on her taint. So she was also that. So they said that that was enough. But it came off. To convict her. Mysteriously <laughs> yeah. came off. So June 10th, she was found guilty. Uh, Sheriff Corwin, uh, Brayden's buddy, uh, led her from the jail uh, to the outskirts of Salem. And then she was hung there. Uh, sad. Fucking sad. So just ridiculous. This is so ridiculous. And, and the fun, not the funny thing, but one of the one of the more uh, macabre things was that uh, during this time in the summer of uh, this year, it was remarked to be a very hot 
summer. So they were trying to hang these people and they were trying to bury them as quick as possible. It was a remarkably hot summer. So they were trying to bury these people to get them in the ground as fast as possible before, you know, because they had no place to keep them. The jails were full uh, with of people other witches. For trial of other witches. So they couldn't really put them back in there. And they were like, we got to put them in the ground before they blow it up and start making a So stink. is that so, is that why but, they jumped right to hanging? Like what separated these witches from the witches? Witches in jail. Was it like severity of their action, or was it just the fact that they had well, nowhere to put them? Well, they've been convicted and found right. guilty. It, it was which ones? They kind of went in order. Like they had them. They had these witches in jail, but then they kind of the, the order of the trials were those that like for Bridget Bishop. It was they decided to do her first because it was the um you know the 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 amount of evidence against her. They're like this is the easiest to become. It would be easiest to convict I mean, her. Listen, this case should be listen. Most, this uh, the average case, average witch case probably took like half a day. Yeah, well, like this is they got some damning evidence. Like they didn't even see this shit in a dream. They saw it in real life. They don't have it, but they saw it. They synced it. <laughs> they synced it. Uh, so you you have all this crazy shit going down. Yeah, so you have her then, and a number of other ones would end up following her to Gallows Hill, and. It's just a, a really those who didn't die on Gallows Hill were actually you you had these trials going on for months and there were a number of them who died actually in jail waiting for trials or waiting for execution or those who just like they didn't have enough proof at the time to kind of convict them of witchcraft. The jail, the Salem jails were not a place that you wanted to stay. Could imagine. Absolutely. Uh, it, it was remarked on at that point. There, there are people who had written about the, the conditions that the, the people were staying in. Like, you know, you've got, you might have a chamber pot in there. I mean, you pre you pretty much were like shitting in the corner. You, they didn't really give you any blankets or thing like that. Really basic food. And a lot of the women who were staying there, you had like elderly women, uh, people who pregnant, were, you know, dis pregnant oh. women. At one time, uh, there was a four-year-old in there yeah. named Dorcas, <laughs> a fucking four-year-old. Seriously, the name there was, was a four-year-old. Her name was Dorcas, and they said she went insane <laughs> in the in the jail. <laughs> you imagine you just had this new baby, and you're like, "Oh yeah, this is my baby Dorcas." Hmm, that's a dumb name. She must be a witch. Put her in jail. Yeah, you too. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it was not uncommon. Like if you had, if you had a child, like they would just send your child with you into jail. Yeah, it was, it was not unusual to find people in there. That was like, um, a lot uh, some of the people who were even imprisoned for witchcraft were kind of, uh, it was recorded that were, they were essentially simple. Like they were simple. Like they were mentally handicapped at some point. Like it was just people that they're like, there's no way you should have these people in that, in that jail. Like these people, there's no way they could be. And witches these or are like supposedly that. devout, wholesome, good people throwing children and, um, you know, challenged people and just pregnant in jail. Like this is so fucked. Not, uh. All right. Should we start getting into theories? Oh. There's one, there's one, I think there's one more important thing. There's Rebecca nurse, I think, which is probably yeah, okay. Okay. Rebecca nurses, uh, execution is probably the most besides the Burroughs, the Reverend Burroughs execution. I think hers is probably the most. Yeah. His was, his was 
pretty exceptional too, though. We should probably talk about that a little bit. Rebecca Nurse uh, was executed with hers. Shit, I just lost my place. Sorry, no, not Rebecca Nurse. I want to talk about Sarah. Good. Oh yes, Sarah yes. Good. That I was going to talk about that for my theory, but let's do it. Right. So Sarah Good uh, was convicted of witchcraft. And she was actually given one last chance to confess that she was a witch. She did not confess her witch. Um, she whole time she maintained her as innocence throughout her entire uh, trial. Uh, Nicholas Noyes, who is the junior minister of Salem Town at the time, uh, offered her this last chance on the gallows to admit her guilt. And she, quote, said that you're a liar. You know, she replied to him, I am no more a witch than you are a wizard. And if you take away my life, God will give you blood to drink. And people would remember this because they would remember that exact quote because years later, Noyes actually suffered an internal hemorrhage and he died choking on his own blood. That sounds like the work of a witch. I'd say. I would say I would even say their their only fault was not to burn her sooner or hang her sooner. They let her get another curse off. Yeah, it's a it was an like it was just a really crazy time at this point. Like it, it stuff started getting really out of hand for a long time and stuff didn't really calm down until like almost England had to get involved. Like the actual crown had to get involved and be like what the fuck is happening over in Salem? Like we have just heard reports of people, but there's a bunch of fucking witches. What is happening? And Phipps had to write back and actually take a stand and be like, and the governor at the time, William Phipps had to take a stand and be, and actually say like, well, not really like stuff's kind of calming down at this point. Um, he, William Phipps had actually been what he said. He, he was been busy uh, kind of reinforcing and building forts along the northern frontier there in Maine and stuff like this, which had all been burnt down in the previous Indian Wars. And even though he had been present at a lot of the trials, he'd actually been there for most of the trials. And uh, he had to kind of put out this fire of witchcraft uh, to, to maintain order within the colony itself. So it was just like a really bizarre thing that that happened there there was a strange confluence of events that really led to this like, there, there's a ton of other weird shit we'll, we'll probably we'll get into that in theories like the, what happened what actually the, happened and like, like to get into the theory for me the irony of like this on the face value this puritan society of like devout followers of god but then immediately under that you know, that, that hump, that face is this like dark underbelly of like accusing your neighbors of witchcraft and just like without real kind of due process, you're just like, witch done. You're in jail. Officers are coming in, stealing your stuff and you're sitting in jail to trial. And then basically you're like, if you confess, we won't kill you. But if you don't confess, we're going to kill you. (laughs) There, there is like such an evil to that. That it's like if there was some sort of like 
entity or dark presence operating in Salem in this time, you think that's the kind of atmosphere that they would thrive in. Like, that's what they would want. Um, the interesting thing for me is the confession of... What the fuck's her name again? Tichuba? Tichuba. 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 Because she confesses, and I, I know there's, you know, we can talk about false confessions under duress and all that kind of stuff, but she goes into such a detail. And the reason I brought it up earlier is because let's not forget, like, in the court proceedings, and this is documented, the nine-year-old and the two 11-year-olds are almost uncontrollable. Chanting, repeating what she says in unison. It, to me, I'm like, it's very freaky. It, free, it freaks me out a little bit when I think about that and I kind of play that scenario through my head. Secondly, this person practiced witchcraft. She learned that from somewhere. And now I'm going to say right now, I've never practiced any kind of witchcraft at all. Liar. And I'm not going to say, I'm not going to, I'm okay. We, we, yeah. Uh, but we can get in the merits. I'm not going to sit here and be like, this is all fucking hocus pocus because there's a bunch of people that I know who have said before, like this shit's not something you fuck around. With. Like you don't fuck around with this stuff. It's real. And there's a lot of people that believe it's real who take a real interest in practicing it properly. So to me, it's very interesting. Her confession. It makes me think that there was, maybe it's not like a witchcraft. Maybe it's some sort of possession going on. But something was happening there because you have you have seemingly all this really evil, shady stuff going on all at once. This greed, you know, corruption, uh, murder, all this stuff happening in this short amount of time. Um, I, f I found that very interesting. The other thing is uh, Reverend Paris. I, I thought was, it was was a very interesting figure in the story because he was just recently had become a reverend and he was a failed businessman, like kind of He's the Donald Trump failed of his time. Everything. Yeah. So he <laughs> kind of failed at everything else. And he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to become a reverend. Now he's like the church he started wasn't really paying him and they weren't paying him because if they, the town of Salem paid his salary, it would essentially up the taxes because there was a church already a little bit away, I guess, in the next town. And most people were like, I'll just go to the other church because I don't want to pay another salary for another reverend and another church because we it's it's not that far to the other church. Now, Reverend Paris actually owed debt, huge amounts of debts. And his excuse for not paying debts, that he is, this is unbelievable to me. He had debts. To everyone. You know what's unbelievable to me and the re is you're fucking taking two theories here and you're shitting all over everybody Sorry. else's theories. I want you to know that. Sorry. I'm no, you're ruined it. No, it's fine. You're shitting on other people's theories. You're stealing the limelight. It's fine. Continue. Ooh. Continue. You gotta finish your thought though. Let's go. Let's Come on. Go for it. Let's hear it. I've forgotten now. I'm so Good. drunk. Good. <laughs> you don't sound that drunk today. You've derailed him, Andrew. I'm now glad, it's like because I've got I just spent wreck. the last fucking right. day formulating my theory on this, and the guy's pissing all over it. No, it's fine. Hey, uh, sorry, it's, uh, I, I just wanted to get a thought out without saying you know what I mean. So go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. Say it. <laughs> Say it. No, I want to hear. I want to know what you mean. Well, uh, now I'm in. I'm in the enthralled in your theory. You said he had debts. Let's hear it. So this motherfucker had debts and he got out of these debts by saying, listen, 
I can't pay debts unless the town pays me a salary. And everyone's like, you know what? That's fair. So a lot of the initial people accused were people who opposed of paying this motherfucker's salary. Right? So very quickly Ooh. after his slave was, or his, his housekeep was accused, all these accusations are laid against people that he would benefit from being taken away. Okay. Can I expand on this a little bit? Please. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So here's some important things. Something to keep in mind at this point in time, right before this whole thing took off, Salem village was an extremely contentious place to live. We had feuding mm -hmm. churches, right? Because like Braden was saying, we had the, a lot of the people lived approximately 10 miles away from this church. So they had to travel. So they came up with the idea, let's start our own church close to where we live. There was a little bit of a feud between these churches. This new church attempted to get a minister four times. Paris was the fourth minister, right? Yeah. Um, there was further tension caused by Paris because there, he delayed in accepting the position because he couldn't, they couldn't work out how he's going to be paid. Right. And he was having issues working out disputes between the parishers. So around October 19 or 1691, the town decided to stop paying him. Like Braden said, right. There was a lot of more, yep. there was way more issues because he was perceived as arrogant, greedy. He bought gold candlesticks, for the fucking, for the, for the church, all these extravagant stuff where people are like, there's no business needing that. These are Puritans. We don't need any of this fancy stuff. Right? So a lot of these villagers were starting to say, Hey, you know what? Maybe this is the wrong guy. We don't like him. We're not going to pay him. Let's get rid of him. Okay. Another thing to keep in mind is the Salem witch trials began. They all began with Paris's daughter, Betty, her cousin, Abigail, right? Both of them related to Paris. Who was the person that, gotcha. who's the person that came out initially as a witch? Tituba. I mean, Tituba. And what did, yeah, yeah. And I mean, what she, did, who did yeah. Tituba work for? <clears throat> the devil. <laughs> who did he work? Who did she work for? Paris. Reverend she, Paris. She worked for Reverend Paris. Okay. Without Tituba coming to the stand and fucking confessing and then calling out the fact that there are more witches, we would have never had this whole fucking thing. We would have sat there with good and with Tichuba and I forget the other Sarah. There's two Sarahs and Tichuba. Was, Tich was Tichuba so executed? No, she was kept no. alive the entire fucking time. See, then I really like that because that would mean Rev in, in your scenario here, Reverend Paris had told Tichuba, this is what you're going to say. It's as long as what he told his and fucking he, daughter and, and his niece. And in the hearing and in the hearing, he said to his daughter and niece, this is what you're going to do. But he listened to it. Where else? There, you get the belt I mean, again. There definitely was some uh, suspicion that Tichuba had been beaten into confession. She was probably beaten into confession, and she was also... Or that they had beaten to her to actually confess. What did she have to gain? She was the only person that let, kept her life out of the three people that were fucking initially accused. She right. got to she live. Was at, her, at the end of these trials, she was one of the few survivors. Uh, she was sold off uh, to... But the thing is, Paris didn't even want to buy her back. He didn't even pay the... He didn't yeah, even want to pay her. her jail fees. So she had to be sold off to another master to recoup her And now, her fees. another fucking... Another important thing as well is the fact that during the Sarah Good trial, one of the three afflicted... I forget which one it was... 
during the trial started screaming, saying Sarah Good's evil spirit just stabbed me with a knife. And she pulled out the broken blade from a knife to show the fucking court saying, look, here's the knife. She stabbed me with it. And another person that was there during the trial was like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Like, I recognize that knife. That's my knife. I broke that knife yesterday and I can fucking go and produce the handle to that knife. And he did. Okay. So, and then like was Braden, Braden was saying as well, Paris and Putman had a fucking alliance. They were close and all these people that ended up getting brought into accusation and hung had issues with either Putman or Paris and all of them gained off of their deaths. So they gained because they died as witches. Therefore, they could claim their pro- has claim the property. There were, there were people that had owed debts to them. There were people that they had feuds with. They were just all people that had issues with either Paris or Putman. And Putman was one of so, the main fa- one of the main people that helped him start the new church. So the original, so the, the two girls, the young girls originally were just that, that story was just fabricated to start this whole, this whole thing was fabricated because again, I like, I don't know if Dan wants to get into it all. I won't get into it or you, but there is a very common theory as to what type of, um, ailment that could have produced these symptoms in the three afflicted. And we, uh, we have to get into that, but you know what I mean? Like, and those symptoms don't necessarily line up with that illness and it doesn't really work. It's been kind of debunked, but that's the predominant theory in this case. So that, that's, that's the theory that the rye of the time produced ergot, which is a fungus, which is actually can produce like hallucinogenic, like hallucinogenic properties and like it's, yeah, it's in the of derivative spasms. of LSD or something. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Well that's, yeah, that's how they actually discovered LSD. Was it not like they, from this fungus, they derived LSD back like in the forties or whatever. Right. Uh, what Andrew's talking about. Yeah. He's talking about ergot, uh, a couple years ago, uh, the, the one, uh, a scholar, uh, one academic put forth a theory or a pretty concrete theory of like, perhaps ergot was the cause for maybe not the cause, but a contributing factor to the, uh, the, suspicions of witchcraft like these these fits these uh you know hallucinations these things could actually have been caused or precipitated by the consumption of ergot uh that perhaps like uh, grown in rye the rye bread and the 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 conditions like the swampy uh humid conditions of that area at the time well yeah they they said that like so the girl the girl's name is linda caparil and it was like back mm-hmm. in like the 70s or whatever she was the first to say it and she says, right. if you go look at the weather patterns, I guess, or the predicted weather patterns of that time, I don't know how you really find out exactly the weather, but yeah, the right amount of rain and humidity in the soil would produce like this ergot. And she theorized that that's what initially, and because if uh, particularly affects children. Yes. And she's, she, her theory was that the ch- children were affected by this and that's what initially caused the panic of, Oh, the, uh, they're they're bewitched, right? And then then mass the hysteria kind of spread. Mass hysteria, and then the theory that I thought about after all that is just the same thing. Like people use this mass hysteria for personal benefit, and maybe it was caused. If it wasn't caused by actual witches, because we have like in modern day times, like Wicca, like the religion Wicca is like we have the most amount of witches, but that's a new thing, right? That's only in the last. 70 years that this religion has become like dominant. So we have 
I think it's like hundreds of thousands of witches, but it's not the same. It's like these people practice, like yeah. they're doing Ouija boards and they're like scrubbing. They're doing all like they're practicing like pagan witchcraft, but that's like a modern thing. So if it wasn't actual, it wasn't actual witchcraft back then that people say in that theory of the air got poisoning maybe started the whole hysteria. Well, there are some issues with the air got poisoning though. Like there are some things yeah. that don't really line up as far as like, Explain. um, so the girls, they all, they shared meals, right? And they shared meals with people who were not hallucinating. So adults and siblings, they had relatives that they ate with that didn't have the same symptoms as, as them, which didn't really line up. Uh, their health didn't deteriorate. Uh, they suffered from the convulsions, which is a neurogenic symptom. And the people suffer from the neurogenic sy symptoms. Also, they experience those symptoms because they're deficient in vitamin A. Uh, Salem was a coastal village. And everybody knows that where do you get the majority of your vitamin A from? Seafood. So that wouldn't happen. Um yeah, they the other cod. Like they the other symptom, the other uh, issues with uh, ergot is gangrene, which is when tissue in the part of the body dies, causes it to go numb, turn black. None of that shit happened. And like you said, that's only that's only in serious cases, though, right? Children are particularly susceptible to ergot poisoning, but only three of the eleven girls that were in that household got sick. And these were we're talking right. about most of them under the age of 15, right? Yeah. So the air got, the air got poisoning, I would think doesn't really line up because there's, there's another, if you go back through the court records, I mean, these are, these are actually well-documented proceedings. The, uh, the Puritans were actually really good at keeping records. Uh, litigation was almost like a hobby to them. <laughs> so having all these things, uh, having all these records is, is not unusual. There's always very well-documented. And it almost seemed that if you go through these, that these, these girls could produce these reactions. These fits were almost like on command during the court um, cases. One of the tests. Yeah. One of the tests that was uh, commonly utilized was what was known as the touch test. And it's like, it would be like if an affli afflicted person was suffering from their fits, you know, they were having the, you know, they were being uh, attacked or whatever by a ghost, a specter or whatever in the courtroom, they would have that person uh, touch I, uh, uh, an accused witch. And if their fit stopped because the theory was that, or the theory of the day was that they, the, the, the evil energy that was suffusing their body would then return, you know, naturally to the source like, because that's where it wants to go, I guess, like electricity, I suppose. But, um, and then the, their fits would stop. So th th like, I, I mean, if you look at that now, you're like, how is that even an accurate thing? Like you can just <laughs> fake being all like, bleh, 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 bleh. and then like, you know, you touch a person and then you're like, oh, I'm fine. You know, and you're like, oh, they're a witch. It's you gone. Know? And even if they did the, I know there's a couple of accounts of them like doing that test and even blindfolding the people and then being like, okay, uh, touch this person. And they, they would hold the, the child's hand or the afflicted person's hand to uh, to a person. And then even if it wasn't that person, they'd be like, well, you know, or they guess they'd be like, it's not that person. They'd be like, well, OK, we'll try this person. And then this would actually be the actual person. And they'd be like, uh, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, grip harder and then harder, harder. And then, you know, I, you could assume that you'd be like, oh, this is the person I'm supposed to be like. Yeah. Accusing yeah. as a witch. Right. So. Uh, th there were a lot of irregularities 
with the Salem witch trials. Let's just say that, you know, the, the judicial process back then was somewhat to be desired at the time. Like I said before, like this specific period, uh, there was a lot of stuff going on where law and order was not exactly the order of the day. Like it was not (laughs) at the top of the list. It was, they were in, they were in the middle of a transition of like judicial codes of, of, of governance laws in that colony like they had just recently overthrown like a military governor sent over by england and then the uh who had revert revoked their original charter phipps actually came back with another charter but the people like what you would consider conservative puritans of the day and people said that that charter is not as good as our old charter so blah 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 but uh you know we're not going to follow it so there was kind of like this whole lawlessness that was that suffused the area at the time. So it was, you couldn't really, you know, establishing these courts of laws was something that was difficult and pretty much the rules were arbitrary. It was just, you could do whatever the fuck you want and just be like, Well, you say at this time, when you say at this time though, but you know, how many years later, not that, you know, quite a bit actually, were they digging up and exhuming bodies and consuming their organs to find out if they're vampires or not? So, you know what I mean? Like, this is not like (laughs) that. That was in what the 1800s? No, that was in the 19. That was like, oh, 1900s. So, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) that was like 200 years later. 200 years later, going from witches to fucking vampires. So, I don't, don't give them too much credit. Yeah, I made that connection too, which I thought was pretty funny. I was like, oh man, New England just fucking. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Zell, what do you think? What's your thoughts? Well, I mean, it's, I'd like to say that. It is a, a a pact with the devil, and this is this is all all his doing. I okay, I will agree with you though, because like, doesn't this seem like an atmosphere of where some sort of evil spirit would thrive? Just random accusations, killings, everyone's on edge. Well, these guys I agree. Yeah, there's people profiting off people's death and hardship. This is this is right up the devil's alley. Let me tell you well, something. I mean, Zell Zell would probably be a really good prosecutor during the Salem witch trials. Because the back then, the devil's existence was an accepted fact. Like this was like it was like gravity. It was like you know this this exists. It is a natural force in. I the mean, universe. we should probably take Zell's theory for what it is because he was probably there. Like, let's be honest. I was. Yes. Maybe I'm I just was. saying also, even yes. today, even today, I mean, we would probably chalk it up to some sort of mental illness or something. But if you were sitting in court and there was some lady like the devil made me do it. He first came to me in this and he I didn't want to help. But then he came to me in these shapes. He he made me write my, his name on his book. And he goes, there was many other names in the book. And this is why I did. It. I couldn't I couldn't control myself. Like, honestly, I'd probably, I'd probably have a little shiver down Would my you spine. Though? Like, like dude, that's like present day fuck, fucking though. QAnon. Like, hey, listen, I saw a no, book here and we is. have a bunch of fucking different famous pedophiles. And I know that, like, you know, he told me. Hey, it's yeah, all a little talk, different. No, is it? It's if we talk about the devil and God, that's one thing. Like religion. I mean, there's how many religions with their own versions of hell and heaven and ascension sure, and sure. underworld and all that shit. However, if you go with, you know we're bringing in what what have de- a lot of times people call like well demons are not necessarily demons like fallen angels or whatever they are interdimensional fucking parasites that thrive off you doing fucking horrible shit this like we're talking like extraterrestrial beings maybe mm-hmm. like when we talk about devil like god and devil 
maybe that's just a simple term for like what people have through religion and whatever gave it, but maybe there is, cause we, fuck, we don't know. Maybe there's an interdimensional parasite that feeds off and en- like negative energy like that. And they fucking, maybe that's what it is. They just, uh, they just poke. They poke people to do the shit. And maybe like, I mean, obviously that's when we're way out there, you'd never be able to prove that. But a lot of people talk about like, okay, God, if there is, there's obviously like everyone has like feelings of good and bad, like right and wrong. And maybe like there is entities, you even go with simulation theory. Maybe the entities who made the simulation, this is part of the game, you know? I mean, if you, you can get, you, you can get real wild that way. I'd be really like, I, there's no way of disproving it. I, and I would be more inclined to think that way if there wasn't certain people profiting off this situation, especially a certain person who's the one making the judgments. And you know what I mean? Like that, <laughs> that's for me, that's what, that's what fucking puts the nail in the coffin. Yeah, but it, that in itself is like, is just like another thing, another layer of like this like e- this absolute evil. It's a false flag. It's situation. like a false flag. That's right? that's yeah. the way I see it. It's like I could I could very much I could very much get on board with Zell's theory, but the fact is that a lot with a lot of these things, like when people think about these events, it's almost like some people think about these as isolated. Like it's like this just popped up out of nowhere. But with a lot of these events, like you have things like, you know, even with World War One, there are a, there are a series of events that precipitated that led to this the this, the circumstances that surrounded and began and were the the, the ideal you know, the ideal soil for the the seeds of paranoia and hysteria to sprout and grow and thrive. And Uh, you had the New England colonies that were essentially coming out of uh, post-war. They had just fought two two very devastating wars against Native Americans and the French that were living in the, uh, that that were occupying the northern northern parts of North America. Uh, They had essentially, a lot of the people who lived in Salem at the time uh, were refugees from that war. They had had, they had high, they had speculated or they had large, uh, they had large amounts of property and, you know, their, their income had been used to speculate land and uh, farm farmland uh, within the Northern, you know, uh, sections of Maine and all those in North Hampshire. And it all had been burned to ash. Like all of this stuff that had happened, you know, raising of taxes, you know, they had a military governor installed, you know, you know, Reverend Paris was an asshole and trying to be like a fucking jerk and try to make a shitty negotiating deal. The dude was not exactly the person that you would probably want leading, uh, <laughs> leading a, uh, church, you know, an impoverished, you wouldn't want them leading an impoverished, you know, very, at this time it had been considered hostile town uh outside like out of this kind of depression or this this whatever you want to call it recession i don't know uh how to exactly categorize it but it, it yeah there's one other thing that i want to quickly touch on before we move on is that let's say for a second you know we're we're talking about these uh, zell these parasites that feed on negativity maybe demonic spirits or or whatever um, let's say someone did make a deal with the devil and this was part of the deal was to cause this chaos to feed whatever energy this was. You have all these people in town being like, there's a witch, there's a witch, there's, you know, this is going on. Everyone's going along with it. 
everyone's going the running trials they're taking the sheer seriously they're taking this seriously the only time where this is kiboshed is the second governor phipps wife is questioned about witchcraft the mm. second his wife is questioned he's like this is all bullshit it's hocus pocus let everyone go it's done it's over spoiled this guy this guy sat on trials he he had no issues running like sitting on trials having people be put to death but the second it got close to home and going through any due process he's like no no no, it's done it's over it's over this is all hocus pocus what are the odds that maybe him and his wife or his wife or someone close to him was practicing the witchcraft and they just got too close to the source of like trying to find out where all this chaos was being started from. I could, yep, I get on board with that for sure. He was in a position of power, right? We talk about these people in positions of power and how they got there and using rituals and satanic rituals. Maybe that's what something Governor Fitz was doing. <laughs> he had he had actually been on the list of a kind of the short list of people who would most likely have been accused of witchcraft because there were stories or there were things that he had made claims that in order to find the Spanish galleon that I mentioned uh, to make his fortune, he had utilized divination, like fortune telling, to find it. Like he, you know, it was probably just like bragging. It's probably like, yeah, man, I got these weird mind powers. I just know where it is. I just. I just or, know. or maybe you he was know? making Something deals like or he had some dark rituals or his wife was a witch that was helping him all i'm saying is the second it got close to home he was like this is all hocus pocus free everyone this is stupid it's done <laughs> yeah we were right yeah interesting i found that interesting it's a it's a crazy tale to extend this far into the future and into the, the actual point that as dan said they actually teach this as a subject in grade school yeah. Well, they teach a crucible, which is an allegory for McCarthyism in the 1950s. So it kind of covers two things, but the crucible is neat. The crucible is a fun, if you want to read a cool play, like read the fucking crucible. The crucible. It's neat. Yeah. Um, and I would say that from the Salem witch trials, it, it's almost, if you want to read a really good book about it, read a uh, storm of witchcraft is what I read for most of my notes for this one by uh shoot what's the author's name off the top of my head uh storm of witchcraft by uh emerson baker really good book it covers this has a ton of really cool information about this and you'll learn way more than you need to about the salem witch trials uh and how much of an impact that it had on the development of the like the united states as a whole like it pretty much the 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 events that happened there almost were a like fomented a lot of the a lot of the kind of like uh what you could say like the cultural views that would be the basis for the revolution like the american revolution it's pretty neat that's neat like it's pretty it's the events there it's like out of this this tragedy that you know almost like 100 people died of the of from from not just exactly hanged but people who died of complications of being you know just the conditions of being in those shitty ass prisons uh you know, under false pretenses and false accusations like these things, you know, you had something incredible happen. But, you know, if you want to look into that, you know, fucking hashtag you know, look you, it up. Yeah. Uh, why don't we get into a little bit of space news? Nice, nice. Nice, nice. 
What are we starting with? Um, we're starting with the biggest news of the day. Uh, we heard about it a week ago. It was all over social media. I don't know if we announced the last case file, but NASA was going to give us a big update today on some something about the moon. We didn't know what it was, and we found out what it was. There is, in fact, a hundred with a hundred percent certainty, there is water, liquid water, on the moon. Yeah, this the article is on sciencealert.com. The author, Michael Starr, unambiguous detection of water on the moon. They've been saying it for what? Like since 2009, they speculated that there was probably water, but it could have been some Yeah, type they of had a pretty good idea that there was water, whether it was in, uh, I think the question is with whether they had liquid or it was just ice. Yeah, now it's unambiguous. It's like a new, a different wavelength they've used and it's unambiguous. All scientists are like, yep, 100%. So mm-hmm. they're saying that's going to, if they ever do decide to try and build a moon base, that'll just make it that much easier. Because if you got water, you got solar, you got solar energy, you can power batteries, you can do electrolysis, you can make, you can make air, you can make hydrogen, you can make fuel. Like you can make, that's like, if you got water, you can do pretty much do, well, you can do a lot of stuff. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, they made the discovery. This is another specific- point of why they faked the moon landing because those motherfuckers didn't see any water didn't talk at anything it's because it was all fucking faked all, all six or seven landings whatever it was all faked to so bankrupt the uh, Russians. they made the discovery using the sophia test telescope i know we've talked about it before we've mentioned it in a couple other ones it's a really cool uh it's a really cool telescope it's like they strap it onto the back of like a 747 and they fly it up above like the the cloud cover and stuff like that so they get a better view of like the certain uh light frequencies and things it's pretty it's pretty fucking cool it's pretty neat yeah it's which i think was actually the sophia telescope is on the like one of the things that was supposed or is is a proposed cut to the nasa budget because it's it's quite expensive to run so there was some kind of, uh, I, I read some kind of rumor or somebody kind of theorizing that this whole announcement about water on the moon, it's like, we've known about water on the moon. Uh, now, you know, this is not trying to take away from discovery, but people are also kind of saying like, well, it's kind of, this is kind of a PR stunt by uh, NASA to kind of try to secure uh, its its financial security. <laughs> Still. To try to get funding to keep the Sophia telescope and and stuff. So fun, I don't know. fun NASA. Take a little, take a couple billion out of the military budget. Give it to NASA. Come on, yeah, NASA, come on. If we could find water on the moon with like what the whatever they're running on now, like shoestring budget, relatively shoestring budget. Like yeah, come on, come on. Um, in other space news, uh, within the last week, NASA. You know, we made jokes that they were <laughs> they were heading to asteroid uh, Bennu. Uh, to collect some asteroid dust, and we made the jokes that uh, we would be saying that this just in satellite crashes into Bennu, but uh, they did it uh, 320 million kilometers away, and they landed that probe on a spinning asteroid, and they collected some sample of the rubble, and it's on its way home. Yeah, I got. If you're watching the live stream, I have the video. It's eight second clip. You can find it on NASA.com. It's it's pretty awesome. There it goes. Touchdown. Bounces off. It grabs a sample. It's on its way. But I guess it grabbed it grabbed too much dirt. And as it was flying yes, away. His eyes are too is bigger than its yeah, stomach. Yeah, it took way too big exactly. of a chomp. And that's uh, some of the debris is actually. 
bit of a little more than you can chew, NASA. Yeah, so it's uh, right now they're hoping that they can save some of the payload. A lot of it has leaked out because I think they fucking jammed up the mechanism grabbing too much. Yeah. Um, But hopefully they keep enough that, uh, you know, it's worth it was worthwhile. The multi-million dollar mission (laughs) (laughs) to collect some dirt. (laughs) It was cool, though. What else we got? You guys got anything? Those are the two big ones that I wanted to talk about. Those are the good ones. Those are good ones. All right. Um, why don't we fire up the randomatron, uh, punch it in for fan story, and let's see what we get. Fan story coming up. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. You got it. This is from an anonymous source. He wishes to remain anonymous. <laughs> an anonymous source that an anonymous, anonymous anonymous source. Yes, who wishes to be remained unnamed. Anonymous. Anonymously. Ah, <laughs> uh, thought you guys might want to see this. It was a weird experience made even more odd after I saw the picture I took. As uh, so if you go into a Gmail. Uh, it's called interesting picture slash backstory if you want to pull up the picture uh, while I'm reading it. Um, it was a weird experience made even more odd after I saw the picture I took. First, here is some relevant background that may lend some credibility. I'm 30 years old, well-educated, and wouldn't consider myself a conspiracy theorist or overly obsessed with stuff like that. I spent five years in the army as a paratrooper doing all sorts of night operations in C-130s, C-17s, and helicopters, including hundreds of missions in Afghanistan at night. After that, I worked for the DOE as a defense contractor. They basically have SWAT teams that guard the nuclear material and classified data. During this time, I had the highest security clearance you can get and was interviewed by psychiatrists every six months to ensure I'm sound of mind. I left that job to work overseas in the Middle East as a paramilitary contractor. I was involved with protecting various agency assets and data there and was also cleared. You know what? Fuck this guy. I'm not going to. I have to say his name. It's Jason Bourne. <laughs> Sounds like a badass. Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne wrote this. Kind of yep. badass. Um, I only bring up all this to stress a few things. I have been around helicopters, airplanes, drones, even the stuff you can't just Google if you know what I mean, and other flying things. <laughs> I know exactly what these known aircraft look like at night. I have been trusted for over a decade now with protecting highly classified information and materials, and I'm constantly checked on. Uh, I constantly checked on my mental capacities. All of these tests I passed easily, proving I am very mentally stable. The story. About three weeks ago, I was having trouble sleeping. I always do. I lived out of the country and I can see the night sky very clearly. I looked outside the window at what I thought was Venus, since it was so bright and had an odd coloring. Then Venus moved diagonally very fast and came to an immediate stop. No speeding up, no slowing down. I figured it was my eyes adjusting, so I kept watching. It did this six more times before I finally admitted to myself that I wasn't just imagining things. Remember, from my background info, if this was a known aircraft, 
I would recognize how it moves. Nothing moves like this did. It was changing colors very smoothly too. It was seemingly going through all the colors of the rainbow in a random order. It would get dim, then very bright, then zip across the night sky, then dead stop. Sometimes it would do short hook movements too, which is very strange to see. I took my camera and took a picture to see if I could catch anything. And then I went back to bed. I've seen a lot of weird stuff in my life. So this wasn't exactly, it wasn't exactly a life changing experience. Here is the picture. I promise it has not been photoshopped whatsoever. I zoomed in and cropped it. That's all. Interpret the image however you please. Lastly, if you want to hear more or have questions, that's fine. But I need to be anonymous because I'm Jason Bourne. I don't <laughs> want intention and my line of work doesn't allow me to be in the spotlight, especially with this kind of stuff. You guys are awesome. Thanks for your time, Jason Bourne. Um, All right, there, there Jesus it is. Jesus Christ, it's up on the Jason stream. Bourne. Kind of looks like that. Yeah, the more you know, <sighs> fucking commercial. You know? <laughs> it looks like the reading rainbow is about yeah. to start. That was a fucking cool story. Uh, that Me is too. a cool story. Yeah, I mean, cool the guy's story. got a goddamn a, a lot of credibility. Wow, yeah. First of all, thank you for your um, service, Jason Bourne. Yep. Yeah. Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. You know what? You know who else this might be? Fucking Lance Kincaid. Ooh, that's probably more. Re that's more likely. I don't know. Right? He heard us talk about him. This is modern day Lance Kincaid. Lance wouldn't waste his time uh, Either us. way, interesting story. Interesting photo. I have no idea what the fuck that is. And if you're seeing that in the night sky doing shit like that, I'm like, I, I have no idea what that would be. That'd be like a, a, a one in a billion Aurora. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like it's as he said, every color of the rainbow. I mean, it's a still image, so you can't see it changing. But I could see that, like an LED, like like galaxy lamp, kind of what it looks like. It looks like a light break. I could see that dancing around on your wall. Yeah, I'd have to. I mean, I'd have to see it. You have to see. I'd also a video would be nice. There's a lot of information that I want to know, like which way were you facing, what time of day, what time of night it was. Yeah, call the, the exact date. Call in. Well, uh. We're get, we got some news we're going to announce soon when it's time. Call in. We'll change your voice and uh, tell us a story. That's pretty, that'd be cool. Call us Matt Damon. Yeah. Get us. Get in here. <laughs> get in here, Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. Get in here. That was dope. Yeah. If you if you got any more stories, send them into alientheorists at gmail.com with the subject of fan submission. And yeah, let Braden know if he can read your name or not. Yeah, unless you're Jason Bourne, then I'm going to read it. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so, sorry. Okay. Sorry, not sorry. We're going to give it, uh, we got Theorite of the Week. Do we yeah. Find, do, do we find out a, Surprise, a, a real name? Is a real name? Or we're going Benjamin, to... I think it's Benjamin Ward. Benjamin Ward. He's uh, underscore not a cop not on a Instagram. Holy shit. This this guy got the coolest tattoo. He got our retro UFO logo, uh, but it's also is it UV UV tattoo? UV glows UV. under UV light. It, it, yeah, it glows under UV light, so it lights up. It's it's absolutely spectacular. So he's repping us at all those awesome raves. All his raves. Yeah. All his Zeltron concerts from now on. Yeah, we don't yeah. we don't encourage getting tattoos of logos of shows you like, but if you get one, it's pretty dope. Are you fucking kidding me? Our logo's dope <laughs> as shit. You get it. It's dope. <laughs> okay. As long as you don't get Braden's face on your arm. 
We're good. Don't do that. Don't get. That's don't how we know that. we made it. Boys, the first person that gets my face tattooed on us, then we we know we made it. <laughs> Until then, we're nobodies. We're no one. <laughs> All right. But I want me on the Mars Attacks lady's body, like that Facebook video. Yeah, that was hilarious. That was a runner up. That was a runner up. Whoever sent that in, you were the runner up. You were actually, you were the theorite of the week until we remembered about the guy who got the tattoo. That's true. So, <laughs> hey, if nothing comes Sorry. up for next week, Mars attacks person. Yep. If nothing comes up for next week, we got a backup. <laughs> All right. Patreons oh, of the week. My, my favorite part of the show. It's not, you're going to get so sick of this fucking song. I'm going to have to make Fuck a new that. one. I wish you're going to get sick of it. <laughs> I'm already ready. All right. Patreon supporting October 19th to 26th. We salute you. We have Bradley Prezeris, Moat, Javier Jimenez, Sarah Greer. Oh, I, actually, was it Sarah? Nah, I'm never mind. I don't think it was her. Beam me up, Chewy. Great name. Andrew Jorgensen. Magdalen Johnson. And Jeremy Dunstan. Thank you very much for supporting the show. If you want to get early access to case files, live stream, bonus content, D&D, a whole bunch of stuff, head over to our Patreon patreon.com slash alien theorist podcast or find the link on any of our socials easy easy and i think that's it for and, the week and as we always say at the end of these things keep those eyes on the skies peace everybody peace